Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. Great. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. We are on episode three of the 12 Concepts Study. Grab your guide. We're starting on page 30 with the questions from Concept 1, and then we should be moving into Concept 2 tonight. But first, we're going to go around and introduce ourselves. Um, we're going to start with Lisa. Hey, fam. I'm Lisa H. I'm an addict. My clean date is February 25th, 2012. My home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, and I attend meetings in Central Western Pennsylvania. Awesome. Glad you're here, Lisa. And then we'll bounce right to Troy. Hey, everybody. I'm an addict. My name is Troy. My clean date's 2-15-15. My home group is Cochran and Cares on Tuesday nights in Cochran and PA, and I attend meetings in the Central Western Pennsylvania area of Narcotics Anonymous. Awesome. Glad you're here, Troy. And we'll move right through to David. Hey, family, I'm David T. My clean date is July 3rd, 1988. I am an addict. Uh, my home group is closer to home in Freedom and Serenity Area New Beginnings uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And we'd love to have you here if you're in the neighborhood. Awesome. Thanks for being here with us, David. And Phil, how are you doing? Uh, Phil, I am. Um, my clean date is 4-19-1995. My home group is Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. Great, great. Glad you're here. And hey, Duran, so glad you're with us. How exciting. Hello, family. My name is Duran, and I'm an addict. My clean date is March 13, 2020. My home group is the Clean and Free Group of Narcotics Anonymous. We meet Wednesday nights at Trinity Presbyterian Church in Ashtabula, Ohio at 7 p.m. If you're ever in the area, we would love to see you. And I'm so happy to be with you guys tonight. Awesome. Glad you're here, friend. And Diane. Hey, everybody. I'm Diane, and I'm an addict. My clean date is April the 2nd of 1993. I am in the Arkansas River Valley area of Narcotics Anonymous. I attend meetings in that area. My home group is a new home group called In Times of Illness. It's a virtual group that meets every Tuesday at noon uh, Central Time. And you can find us on virtualna.org. Awesome, glad you're here. And hey, Douglas, you're coming in and joining us tonight. Good to have you here. Thanks, Des. My attic name's Douglas. Got clean March 12, 2000, Southwestern PA. And uh, I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. Thanks. Awesome. And the pleasure of co-hosting this. Come on in, Lee. Thanks, Des. I'm Lee. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is 8-27-87. I live in New Orleans, and my home group is the hybrid meeting of Open Mind, Monday nights at 7.30. Thanks. Awesome. And hey, everybody. I'm an addict named Des. Uh, glad to be here. My clean date is July 24th, 1995, um, and my home group is We Choose to Live. Uh, meeting in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. We're fully virtual and we meet every Wednesday at noon. And um, 
Oh, we have a couple one more person coming in. Hey, Melissa, 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 come on in and say hi. Hi, family. My name is Melissa and I'm an addict. My clean date is May 21st, 2015. My home groups are Spiritual Ninjas every Sunday and Thursday at six o'clock in Slidell, Louisiana, and Freedom to Change, which is a online Zoom meeting every Monday at seven. Those times are both central time. And I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thanks. Awesome. Glad you're here. And you're probably going to hear one more introduction when he gets in a stable zone. So we'll hear that during our sharing. And we're going to start out tonight with the questions that we didn't finish from concept one last week. And uh, they are on page 30 and 31 if you have a guide. And we're going to go right to Phil. Take it away, my friend. Uh, first concept. To fulfill our fellowship's primary purpose, the NA groups have joined together to create a service structure which develops, coordinates, and maintains services on behalf of NA as a whole. Um, this is the uh, study and discussion questions. Um, this is number four. Can your group perform a variety of organized services like PI work, H&I panels, phone line management, and literature development while still attending to its recovery meetings? Um, no, my, my home group can't cannot uh, do all of those services to a monetary um, uh, commitment or, or uh, value. But what I can say with the, um, the human resource in the home group, we can have some members to, that can perform and do workshops uh, uh, for those services. But to fund a whole H&I uh, panel, no. To provide people, the resource of people, no, my hunger couldn't do it. Uh, phone line, no, we don't have no, we don't have all that money for a phone line uh, either at my home group. And um, likewise with, um, well, it says PI, PI work, and this is all, but it's, it's PR work now. And that's okay too, but that that is still our literature. And um, no, my home group, I can't do it. But the services that it, it it does talk about time to time, my home group does host different workshops for um, all those things uh, that was discussed that what I just read, and that's all I have. Awesome! Thanks so much, Phil and Douglas. You want to come in and share? Yeah, I've been um, part of some groups where where one we uh, we printed out on business cards. You know, if you have a problem, um, you know, if you have a drug problem and need some help, you know, we meet at this date, time, and location and stuff like this. And then I think we even put the the number for our area uh, phone line on that on that card as well. And so that was kind of like the PI slash PR, you know, work that we did at the home group level. That was really cool. We gave them to a lot of first responders and some police officers and stuff like that in the community. That worked out pretty well. And then some other like 
PI slash PR work that the home group can do. We uh we worked with the church that we were uh, meeting at. Um, well, two different home groups. One we 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 were in agreement of having that on the sign out front, and then another one um just voted on it, and and they said no. You know that's like you know we can't we can't have the meeting there, which I I disagree with. But anyhow, um so some of that. but not the panels or the phone line or anything like that. So I'm going to share that with you folks. Cool. Thanks so much, Douglas. Um, I just wanted to jump in and say one of my, one of my favorite things that, um, that I had a home group that we used to do and that home group's not around anymore, but we had a member who found NA through one of those posters in the laundromat where you tear off the phone. And, uh, and she always made sure that we had those posters going up and it was just so cool. And um, today they have like QR codes and all kinds of other stuff that people can just scan them. But it was just really cool. And to this day, she still is like, I got the signs up. I got the signs up. And it, and it's just really awesome that, you know, she she was able to um, come to NA that way and then continue to participate that way. And I, I just always think of that when I think of groups doing the work. So uh, Lisa, go ahead. Hey, so... I think it's really rad that you guys have been a part of groups that like have had the resources to do the work while also maintaining recovery meetings. But I also kind of, you know, I've worked the steps a handful of times, the traditions a handful of times. And something that I've learned is that like in each of our, like in our step working guide, like there's loaded questions in those books, right? For us to answer. And I think that people who wrote them kind of knew how we were going to answer. They asked the right questions to like get us to see shit, you know? And I think that this question is a little bit loaded because right out of the gate, like my thinking is no, my home group absolutely cannot do all of those things. And, and this, this concept is like to fulfill our fellowship's primary purpose. We join together to create a structure to do all the shit that we can't do as home groups, right? Like if, if my home group is focused on the newcomer, if we are focused on hugging the person who is like here for the first time and raw and brand new and feeling all those big feelings, you know, my home group doesn't have the resources or the manpower to do, you know, billboards or poster days or H&I, like the H&I panel piece is included here. Um, we sure shit can't manage a phone line. I think our area just recently figured out that our phone line wasn't even working. And we had to reevaluate that like a year, or maybe two ago, maybe longer. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, I think for me, this question iterates that like, no, my home group needs to rely on the service structure that, you know, it helps to create to, you know, help fulfill the primary purpose so that we can focus on the highest level of service at home group level for the newcomer. Awesome. Thanks so much. And and I totally agree that they're, those are like the aha questions, right? <laughs> hey, Lee, come on in. Yeah, Douglas reminded me of... Uh... My current home group was my first home group. And back then we used to have little pieces of cardboard with a, a, silver, a quarter taped on it and they can help in the phone line number at the bottom. And we had a big basket of them and you know, like 10 of us would sit around and make them for, for every meeting. And, and as the service structure evolved and, and Lisa just touched on it, that the groups formed the service structure um, 
we were better able to focus our efforts on on the atmosphere of recovery and uh, creating a safe space for people to come to. And so that question is loaded, Lisa, in my opinion also. Um, my group could afford to perform these services because we do a lot of a lot of stuff and we do a lot of uh, fun FUND flow to to uh, help these services, but but our group's primary purpose is to to focus on carrying the message. So I just wanted to jump in. Thanks, Des. Yeah, thanks so much, Lee, and thanks everybody else for jumping in. And um, I think I think we've exhausted that question, maybe, but you can all think about it more. And we're going to go to David with question number five. All right. Question number five. Does your group send a representative to your local area service committee? And do you contribute money to your ASC on a regular basis? And so my group, uh, my home group is fairly new. Uh, it's uh, only been in existence for about six months. But one of the first things that we wanted to do was make sure that we had a group service representative to be able to go to area. Um, and when we did that, uh, we picked somebody uh, for GSR that uh, is very in tune with what's going on beyond our area, uh, with region and with zone and with world, uh, so that if the information flow was not going both directions, they would be able to call that out. Um, now, our group being new, uh, we're trying to get established for things like just our coffee supply and paying rent and that kind of thing. But we take uh, a percentage of what's left and send that along on the service structure up to area. Um, you know, there are some groups in my area that do not contribute regularly. I've seen it happen. But... Uh, there are other groups in this area that make up the difference, um, and it's been uh, uh, it's been interesting to watch uh, uh, each group uh, take their turn to make a make you know they have one month where things just go crazy and they have like a ton of members show up and contribute, and then they make some big humongous uh, contribution to area. Um, personally, if every group just contributed. A dollar for every meeting to area it would still be better on a month-to-month -month basis than to not contribute and then six months down the line contribute a hundred dollars uh, because we're truly trying to keep the uh, keep the area afloat uh, based on hopes that uh, each group is going to contribute their uh, their their share so that's all I got Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much. And hey, Duran, so glad you're here. Come on in. Hey, family, Duran Attic. Um, this is a very like interesting question because uh, my home group has not had a GSR since I was a GSR, and that was um, two years ago. And um, I just really... I just really, I, st I stepped down as secretary and someone else took over as secretary and I posed the question of um, us sending money to area on a regular basis um, to start getting back into somebody becoming a GSR and getting back in the area so we could um, stay connected to our area um, because the the place that I'm in, I live in Ashtabula and we're a part of a big 
a big area and uh it's like we're on an island sometimes and um I've noticed that we don't have any GSRs in our area and it's really sad and a lot of a lot of meetings don't contribute to area um it and it, it's a sad thing um I don't know. I just wanted to share that because it's really something that has been on my heart and mind lately is that like if we need to start I I would I feel that my area should contribute to to our to our region with that I've had. All right. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're here again. Hey Troy, come on in. I'm an addict. My name is Troy. Um I was really digging what David said and I I was like kind of relating a lot with that. Um but you know, like my home group, we we have a GSR and we've consistently had one for, I mean, since I've been there, I guess, so like six years. But um, like the big thing that I think is really important about that is um, there was a commonality for a little while in our area where I would see like just if somebody was willing to do it, they would throw them in there. And like I always pose the question just because somebody's willing to serve, should they? You know, and like I'm not trying to take anything away from like somebody that's new getting into service or anything like that. But like sometimes when we're new and we're thrown into those scenarios and like questions are asked or, you know, we're put on the spot or whatever, you know, they might not fully understand. So like one of the big things that I've seen is like stuff carry and like a, one of my predecessors always said group conscious will be carried out whether you get it right or you get it wrong and you have to fucking fix it. So I always related with that, but I think it's really important um, on a GSR level. Sometimes I think it gets taken for granted to the area level, at least in my experience at times when like, that's really important. So like, I always question our GSR, like when something comes back, I'm like, well, what, like, what were they talking about? Like, what can you elaborate? You know? And it's like, if you got somebody that's there, that's not paying attention or they don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? Then I have questions, you know what I mean? But we always made an effort too. like, if somebody was newer, like it was on a home group to send somebody with them that has been there before and has the experience, right. To, to show them, you know, like how you act. Cause like, I always tell them like, look, man, you know, I needed to be told that I was part of something bigger with being in narcotics anonymous, but to tell a, you know, my GSR, like you're representing our home group, like you're our voice. And like, that's very important, you know? And I always appreciated that. And like, as far as do you contribute money to the ASC on a regular basis, like we do, but it's a, it's like third on the rung. You know what I mean? Like our first thing is like we pay rent for our space. And then the second thing is we make sure there's literature and then like whatever's left, you know, we'll send that up to area, you know, and they can do what they need to do with it. We've, you know, donated even directly to region before when they were struggling with money for insurance and things like that, because we knew that that was important because our home group needed insurance. So, um, it's a good day to be clean. That's all I have. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks so much, Troy. Hey, Will, come on in and give us an introduction. Glad to have you with us. Hi, my name is Will. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date's February 27th, 2013. My uh, home group is Clean and Free Group in Ashtabula, Ohio. Meet on Wednesday nights. My freezing up? Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, my and me and Deron share the same home group. Um, so a little justification or splitting hairs or whatever. So I've I've always had a a, a position in area since we didn't have a GSR there. So we always get information and things move back. So it might just be the fact that I'm willing to communicate where I need to that no one steps up to do it at times. 
Um, but we, we are always there. Um, I was in the car pulling up when Lisa was answering about the question four, and I wanted to chime in on that. Um, and I was actually thinking the exact thing she started saying. Like, I've been on a witness stand a number of times, so I understand the leading question when I see one. Um, and, and I think this is, is just pointing us in the direction of, hey, this is why we need an area service committee. It's because we can't do all these things. Um, and my answer to the question really is like my home group doesn't do all those things, but we don't because we have the availability to send someone to area or to, to you know, rely on area to do those things. But uh, yeah, if push come to shove, I think we could get that done. Um, do we contribute money? This is funny. So like I, you know, thank God I, uh, I'm, I've been clean long enough that I can have little, little things like this in Narcotics Anonymous. So at my area, you have to have a money order to bring group donations to area. You can't bring cash. And I think it's just dumb as hell because we also pass a seven tradition there. So I just bring it through the seven tradition, but they won't give me a receipt because it wasn't a donation or they have, but like, I, I fully will not stop and get a money order. I'm like, that's a dollar you can just put in the basket. Um, but yes, we, we send money to area. They just aren't always uh, amused with me when we do. That's all I have for right now. Thanks so much, Will. And uh, hey, Phil, come on in. Wow, uh, good stuff. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, who just shared because I did hear a lot of good things and just give me so many uh, reminders. But um, it was talking about do you send a, a representative? Um, uh, for the most part, um, uh, I've had home groups that have, have had the luxury of having the uh, GSR and and some and uh, sometimes they alternate too. But there has been those um, situations where somebody's sick, somebody can't show up, death, you know, like whatever. They can't, they can't uh, go to the area to represent um, the group. Um, uh, and um, the members amongst themselves will, will have the group conscience. So we do have representation at the area, you know, because... Uh, I'm just one of the um, members here that I like having representation and uh, I like my votes to be counted. <laughs> my votes, okay? Or or the group's votes. How's that? Because collectively we come together to vote. So there's a lot of crucial things that uh, go uh, into that. And then, uh, yeah, yes, uh, uh, money to, um, yeah, yeah, anything that, that we have above our Prudent Reserve uh, goes to our area service. So we do pass uh, things on, and it is on a regular basis. And that's all I have. Thanks so much, Phil. I just wanted to chime in on this question before we uh, go over and read concept two. My home group um, meets fully virtual, and my area doesn't have a hybrid option, even though they could have a hybrid option, but somebody didn't like it, so they didn't allow it. So my home group would send a report all this time, but I'm told that my area should have a hybrid option again soon. So um, because we meet virtually, we wanted to represent our group virtually as well at the area, and we do send um, messages here and there. So I'm hoping I guess that in the beginning, it was like, well, if, if they won't hear us virtually, we're not going to go. So we drew a line in the sand. Nobody gave a shit. They didn't change it. 
<laughs> we just sent reports, but that's like how NA is sometimes. Sometimes you think, you know, you're going to do this thing. It's going to make a difference. But, um, but I was just told that we should have a virtual option at our area going forward. Um, I think more will be revealed. If you're listening and you're from my area, don't come throw eggs at my house. <laughs> I could be wrong. And then the other thing about sending money regularly to the area, I've been in all kinds of groups and all sorts of things. And I think what, what I've learned over the years is um, at the group level, at any level, it's really, it's really a lot simpler to zero out the books every time you have a business meeting and not be running around with cash. Cause it's uh that can be tough. Right. So, um, okay. So that's all I'm going to say. And we're going to go over to start reading the concepts. And our first reader is going to be Troy. And the concepts are on page three, if you're following along. Okay. Uh, second concept. Uh, the final responsibility and authority for NA services rests with the NA groups. Uh, the NA service structure has been created by the groups to serve the common needs of the groups. Our fellowship service board and committees exist to help groups share their experience with one another, provide tools which help groups function better, attract new members to group recovery meetings, and carry the NA message further than any single group could carry it alone. Because the groups have created the service structure, they have final authority over all its affairs. By the same token, the groups also have the final responsibility for the support of all its activities. The two go hand in hand. Um, so I really like the last part of that. Um, when it's talking about uh, having the authority and the responsibility. So like, I think like, for me, like when I look at that and I see that, like, you know, the, the groups have the, the authority, but they also have to take responsibility for that. So like whatever, you know, area does or region or whatever, you know, as it goes down the pyramid, as they say, um, you know, if there's like a bad decision and somebody got like upset about it, well, like the groups are responsible for that because they essentially allowed it to happen. So I like that aspect of it. Um, I like it's reiterating like our, you know, that the, the service boards and committees exist to help the group share their experience with one another. And like, that's really important too, because like when that stuff's out there, like, I don't know if anybody's had this experience, but I'm sure they have where like, if your home group comes into having some kind of issue with like disruptive behavior, whatever it may be, you know, and you're like trying to reinvent the wheel almost when like all that really needs to happen is like some communication within the groups. And sometimes like, or just like a more experienced member or like the boards exist, like, you know, we have world that's created literature that discusses that and so on and so forth. So I don't know, man, I, I really like that paragraph and that last part about the responsibility stuff, man. I just keep getting stuck on that. And I, I really like that, but it's a good day to be clean. That's all I have. Thank you so much. Um, oh, come on in, Phil. Thanks for. Yeah, uh, that was good. Um, there's a bunch of things I, I love with this uh, concept. And I, I just love the final responsibility and authority rests with the groups. Uh, uh, I, I know my, myself um, um, uh, being an area and especially being a trusted servant at, at the area and how important it is for the, the groups to have the, uh, to have all the say. So I've always like um, known that, you know, 
uh, can, can groups, can we move on? Uh, groups, what do you got to say about it? And no matter what, what goes down uh, in the area, um, I always try to tie it back to the groups. Well, the groups voted on that. The groups said that. The groups okayed it. And that just makes it so cool because uh, with the unity, the groups, the people, it just makes it more unified and whatever. Even if it goes wrong, even if it goes wrong, I've had situations in the uh, uh, in the area where things that did go wrong, where the groups uh, didn't make the decisions, and I'm one of the members. Well, you know what? You guys okayed it. You guys decided to, to, to let them do it, and you guys gave them the money. Oh uh, well, you know what are you going to do? You guys okayed it, and. And I'm okay with that too, because uh, uh, it's collectively, um, finally, the authority, like whatever, it rests with the groups. And that's all I have. Thanks so much, Phil. Come on in, Melissa. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, so this is a great uh, little passage here. So I liked how it talked about um, kind of a lot, really what other people have mentioned as well. But yeah, so the groups also have the final responsibility for the support of all of its activities. Um, it just reminds me of like when I was doing A&F and stuff and I would talk to different home groups and um, gather support from the groups, you know, we're not just completely taken out of the um the ANF fund, you know, we're we're asking other groups like how can you contribute? Like this is our um thing that we're all doing together, right? So it's just nice because when people get invested, um it creates that air of community and also responsibility. So like I want to also make sure that this goes well because I'm like giving and participating. That's all I have. Thanks. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey David. All right, so uh, my perspective on this is a little different. So the groups are comprised of individual members. So the, uh, you know, we talk in here in this paragraph about uh, the, by the same token, the groups have the final responsibility to support all of the activities. The two go hand in hand. It's, it's the old adage that with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Um, so at a group level from from the from the ground up, if you will, um, each individual member making up that group is a vote. Each of those votes translates to a group conscience. That group conscience translates into the groups collectively coming together for an area conscience. The idea that we as groups must support our area comes back to not just that $1 or $5 or $10 or $20 that you throw in the basket at your home group every week, which by the way, if you're still contributing just a dollar at your home group, it is not 1985 step up. Um, and remember that we are supporting world services from an individual addict level. 
when we put at that money in the basket, it's not because, or it's not just to support our group. It's to support translations at the world level. It's to support uh, all of these world services that are available available to us a lot of times freely. Um, you know, the world doesn't operate on uh, on a zero dollar budget. You know. Um, so our responsibility from the groups is to make sure that we are being supportive of our areas while the area is there to support us. And the you know, from the group to the area to the region to the zone to the world. But that's all I got. Awesome. Thanks so much, David. Hey Lee. Yeah, hey guys. That's a real powerful paragraph that Troy read. Um that responsibility is is so important to support all of the activities and and i wish i was uh i guess naive enough to think that uh the group votes on every absolute thing because that that's not how how our service structure works uh the, the gsr is that area can change a vote the the uh we used to call them r well today now the uh, shit, I can't even think of what they call the representative at region now, but they can change the vote. Um, and so it's important for me to participate at my home group level and vote. RCM, thank you. Thank you for saving me, homie. Um, the RCMs in some regions have the ability to, to make decisions in their in their service body. Um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an example out there. Maybe I'll get some some feedback from some of you guys. So uh, prior to the last conference, we had a survey that was approved by the entire service structure, and when it came back to the conference, uh, some of the items had been moved down the priority list, and the the groups air quotes the groups did not move that. It was, it was a decision made by people who are just as passionate about Narcotics Anonymous as I am. They love Narcotics Anonymous, and I want to definitely make that clear. So things can change. And, and in the ideal world, yeah, the final responsibility would be with our groups. But I just wanted to point out that it's not always how it, it uh, plays out. Thanks. Thank you so much for pointing that out, Lee. And uh, make sure that you uh, talk with your delegates and let them know that it's okay for them to speak that stuff when they see things have been altered. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Hey, Will, come on in. Yeah, Will, addict. I'm glad Lee broke that ice so I didn't have to. Um, it's like when this book was written, there was about 6,000 NA meetings in the world. Now there's over 63,000. Um, 63,000 voices chiming off at once. It could cause a lot of confusion. Um, I'm not trying to sound jaded. I went to my first world service conference last year. Um, and as Lee pointed out, sometimes things change on the floor, um, the way they're voting. And so I just went through this whole months long process of going to every area of my region and getting all these votes together so that we could decide how we want to move on something just to get there and find out they changed the whole wording of it. And like the way we're voting, I voted just the way they told me to, cause I was scared not to. And they, some of it didn't make sense. Like, obviously we would want to vote yes on this, but we voted no. So that's how we're voting. 
you know, like it's, it's so it, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know, like I, I've, um, still pumped to do NA service, still pumped to be, uh, serving my region in that, at that level, but it is a little different than I thought it was going to be when I, when I got there. Um, just kind of hoping, uh, like a lot of things, when you get into a big room with a lot of people, it takes a long time to slow down. Um, I think it's kind of important that these positions are a little bit longer than like, say a GSR by me, GSR is usually about six months. Um, and when I first took this position and I was like years, years, that's a long position, but like really the, that whole first conference was just learning. Like I, it was so fast. Um, you know, it, it just took me through the whole thing just to look back and go, I kind of know what I should have done now. Um, so, uh, and I was there by myself. I didn't have, I wasn't an AD first. Um, I, I had to jump right in. So, but that's all I have for right now. Thanks so much, Will. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to move on with the reading and our next reader is Lisa. Hey, Lisa Addict. Ideally, responsibility and authority are flip sides of the same coin. The exercise of one is also an exercise of the other. When our groups provide the resources, conscience and ideas, people, money needed to fulfill any services, they also provide direction to the service structure. Let's take a look at a few examples of how this principle works. Um, so I know that a lot of what is in this little paragraph has already kind of been iterated, but um, I actually just reflected on this concept not too long ago um, for the podcast newsletter for February. Um, and something that really jumped out at me um, because I really, I like words, right? When I thought about the word authority, I had remembered that when we first started this podcast, some of us had openly admitted like, ah, kind of wrestling with that word as it appears in the concepts. And as I was reflecting on this concept, um, it, it kind of dawned on me that the word authority doesn't necessarily have to refer to like the power exerted over someone or over a group of people or over a service body. When I think about the word authority, I also think about being an expert on something, right? Like if I am the authority in my field at work, if you are an authority in a field of writing, right? It means you're the expert on it. So in my mind, what this what this concept is really saying is like the final responsibility and authority for NA services rests with the groups is because the groups are the expert on carrying the message with the boots on the ground kind of like loving the newcomer thing that we are supposed to do. So if the groups are the expert on our primary purpose, then they have the responsibility to delegate to our service structure how to best carry the message with the resources that the group is providing. Um, and, you know, I like that the, the concept of the group has also been pointed out several times as opposed to like the meeting, right? Um, because I remember when I came into Narcotics Anonymous, it wasn't like the meeting itself that kept me coming back, right? Because like my first, probably even for my first year, I heard the readings, I heard the steps, traditions, concepts, and that shit went in one ear and out the other, right? But the group for me was the fellowship. It was the people. It was the love that I got before I ever even touched the first, well, we'll know 107 pages of the basic text. I don't have it memorized, but the actual program itself, right? Um, that was the stuff that like really resonated with my spirit before I got here. 
And ultimately, like when we talk about group conscience and we talk about the direction of our service structure, I feel like that is like ultimately our spiritual core, right? The love of the addict trying to get another day clean is ultimately what guides our service structure. Um, And, you know, being an expert on something does mean that we have a responsibility, right? To not mislead people or, you know, to not utilize because with, you know, power and responsibility, I think David, you were the one who said that Um, we have to remember too, that there are probably some corners of NA that might be a little bit misled. You know, there might be times where we stray from traditions, where we stray from the original purpose of our program Um, you know, I think maybe Troy mentioned like the violent and disruptive behavior stuff. Like there are moments in NA where we are like astray, right? So we have the responsibility to like use our expert experience, right? To kind of steer the ship back to center. Um, so, you know, and also it reminds me and then I'll shut up. Oh, I did the thing. Well, then I'll shut up. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of when I, when I was first getting into service, I was taught that like, Hey, we don't elect a trusted servant and then abandon that person. Right. We, we hold, not hold their hand, but we support them in learning their service position. When they need help, we give them guidance, right? We don't just like elect a GSR or an RCM or a delegate and say like, well, good luck. We hope you can figure out what you're doing. And I think the same applies to like our subcommittees and our service structure and things like that. Like the groups are responsible for providing direction. If we are entrusting our services to those other groups or committees, we have to kind of be the guiding light. So with that, I will pass. Awesome. Good stuff. Thanks for sharing all that. Super, super helpful. Hey, Will, come on in. I'll be real quick right out the gate. I'm only commenting because last week I, me and Lee had this little discussion about authority on here because it was confusing to me. Um, seeing the word authority involved with the program was a little weird. Um, and Lisa just described it very well. And also, uh, to add another definition to that, I think like authority, like if I'm an authority on something, it means I know how to do it, right? It means I, 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 I you know, I'm allowed to be here. Or I have some knowledge. Um, and then saying that, that my group has authority means like it to me that my group doesn't have to pass any tests to be a group to to participate in area or to participate. And in, in, in chiming in on what we think is is best for service and things like that as well. Um, you know, I don't have like a secret key card or anything to get into my area service committee. I just introduced myself as an addict, just like I do at a meeting um, and just let them know what group I'm representing and, and I'm good to be there. So I guess that uh, that's all I got. Awesome. Thanks, Will. And uh, okay, we're going to move on to some more reading. And Diane, you're going to start us off on the third paragraph. Hi, everybody. I'm Diane, and I'm an addict. Uh, The most important resource contributed to the service structure by an NA group is almost exclusively spiritual, its ideas and its conscience. Without the voice of the groups, the service structure may not know what kinds of services are needed or whether the services it provides are ones the group wants. The groups provide the ideas and direction needed to guide the service structure in fulfilling its responsibilities. By voicing their needs and concerns, the groups also exercise their authority for the service structure they have created. Uh, I had a lot of things run through my head as I was reading that. Um, 
and I've gone blank, but uh, I love that they identify our ideas and the conscience of our structure, service structure as exclusively spiritual, which, uh, you know, sometimes I think that we forget that service is supposed to be spiritual. It's not all about tugging at the wheels of each other, you know, and bumping heads and trying to fight for what my ego wants versus your ego. Um, that it ultimately it's a spiritual uh, conscience um, and spiritual ideas and, th and that that should ultimately be our goal is to be spiritual in the, everything we do, uh, carrying the message and developing um, committees and things like that. And, uh, and, and I know what I was going to say. It says that the, uh, the groups um, may not know what kind of services they are, what are needed or whether the service it provides are the the ones the groups want and uh when i was serving at my region as the rd we had several uh subcommittees that were vacant for there were three two or three positions that were vacant for three years they were vacant the position was vacant for three years and i kept saying i think the groups have spoken they don't want these services or they would bring somebody forward to serve uh and people were like oh no somebody will come forward and you know three years later i said nobody's coming forward let's just do away with these and if you know if a need arises the groups will stand up and say something like the the groups have the authority and the responsibility to stand up and say yes we need this service or no we don't and sometimes not saying anything is still saying something like I don't have a nomination for that position. So, you know, it stays vacant for three years. I think the groups have spoken uh, by not speaking, right? So that was really what came to my mind was that uh, sometimes the groups do speak with, without saying a word. Um, and we, I think, as uh, trusted servants and people who have been around the service structure for a while, I think we need to pay attention to that. Uh, when the groups aren't saying anything um, versus what are they saying and what are they saying by not saying anything. So I, I hope that made sense. It sounded confusing as I said it. So, Thank you so much. I think it made perfect sense. It's that question of looking around the room and saying, who are we missing and why are they not coming? I think a lot of times in my experience with service, when somebody's not there, Oh well, they're just not there. But why aren't they there? And and what can we do to get them to be there? So, I, or maybe I, they are there, but they're not saying anything. Like they're silent, sitting in the corner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get everybody engaged. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Cool, excellent. Hey, Melissa. Yeah. So that was a very interesting. Um, concept there you know i've definitely thought about it like who's the newcomer we're not reaching but i've never thought of it in in like the aspect of i'm sorry all of y'all can hear my dog in the background um but i've never thought about it in the avenue of like the home groups are not participating in this so that means they are not interested like i've just never thought about it like that so that's really good um also i wanted to touch on that the um, 
about it being spiritual, the ideas and its conscience, you know, and unless we're sharing, it just reminded me of like whenever we're sharing in a business meeting and we do have these ideas going and like group conscience is like alive and well, like for me, it feels spiritual. There is that connection and um, we are carrying the message and we're trying to be creative. The book talks so much about creativity and service and that that is totally spiritual to me and something that helps me um recognize that it is spiritual is is the service prayer you know because sometimes it feels like I've, I've said this before um a while back on the podcast but like a lot of times when i'm in service i'll have to like check myself because especially like the day of kind of like of an event or something like that like i'll get into like mission mode and forget that this is like a spiritual thing that we're coming together and doing so the service prayer is actually something that's helped me kind of get into that mindset more so so thank you thank you and thanks for bringing up that service prayer that's a helpful helpful bunch of words excellent point hey phil come on in friend Wow, uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, I'll be real quick. Uh, there was a, a, a few things that uh, grabbed me, like the most uh, important resource, um, and it was talking about that um, spirit, uh, exclusively the spiritual thing of uh, of the groups, and uh, and um, that is so true. And just to be mindful that that uh, Narcos Anonymous is, is still a spiritual program, but I I like the thing without the the voice of the groups. And the service structure may not know the kinds of services that are needed or whether the services provided are the ones uh, uh, the group wants. I'm one of the members um, that uh, do ask, especially especially new groups and, and new things and people that have uncertainty and um, the welcoming thing on a spiritual note, okay, uh, um, no, I no idea is a bad idea. This idea came from your home group or like whatever to try to uh, um, include uh, the members, include the groups. And it's still back to the authority and responsibility for the groups still to decide that to help or, or whatever they're talking about or whatever they want, you know. And uh, it still rests with uh, the groups because things like that do happen. You get new groups and they get these new ideas and and things like that and and just run it through the groups, run it through the system and just run it through our resources of things that we got to see if it, if it fits or we can do it. You know, I'm okay with it. That's all I got. Thanks, Phil. Hey, Lee, did you want to come in quick? Yeah, I, I didn't want to just keep saying the same stuff over and over and over. Um, and what struck me really what resonated the most was the way we used the word exclusively spiritual about our ideas and our conscious. And, and I don't know when we were talking about, this could have been on a Tuesday night podcast when we weren't recording, but one of the things that I've, I've had the, the privilege to watch over the years is, uh, over the decades is how the ideas have changed and, and they're great ideas, and especially when they come from our groups, um, and how important it is for, for each of us to have uh, the spiritual experience of being a part of a collective conscious. 
there's there's nothing better than that. Um, even even at WSC, it's happened. Uh, I think it was in eighteen, and and it's happened it's happened numerous times in my home group in that area and that region and that zone. Um, and and having that that spiritual conscious happen and then gaining that experience give gave me. Uh, a different perspective, a way, a way to stand aside and, and let every idea be heard and, and contribute, uh, even if I didn't agree with it. So, I, I mean, I don't know where that came from, where, where I was given the ability to not agree with an idea and still be okay with an idea. So I hope everyone gets to have that, uh, that, spiritual conscious and uh and we got to keep those those new ideas coming because all the the different generations that are coming in here like lisa you're a millennial i think is that correct yeah okay so i'm gonna stop there oh my god that's so that's so cool and um i i'm just gonna talk a little bit about what lee was talking about and maybe if we can just talk a little bit more about that I feel like that next paragraph that we're going to read is a really big paragraph and I want to make sure we give enough time to it next week. So if anybody else wants to chime in, that would be great. But I want to say, and and I don't want to reiterate what Lee said, but I love that. Like where, where on earth did I ever imagine that I would learn that it's okay to not agree with you, but be okay with the decision. And, and that's so cool. That's like a really cool thing. And, and, uh, Boy, sometimes I don't even think about how that happened, but it happened and it happened because of service in NA. And I'm really, it's such a wonderful gift. And and uh, to be able to agree to disagree, like really, like where I came from, that didn't happen. It was whoever had the biggest, loudest, meanest voice or actions was the person you listened to, never the quietest person in the room. So thank you um, for teaching me that NA. And next up, we're going to have Lisa. Hello. Um, so I think I, I don't really have a whole lot to share that hasn't already been said, but I do kind of have maybe a question. And I hope I'm not lighting us on fire five minutes before the end of the session tonight. But Lee, I am a millennial, 33 today, born in 91, if we're going to be ageist, right? Um, Happy birthday. <laughs> thanks. Um, so I guess my my question is, as we are talking about, you know, groups providing ideas and direction and guiding the service structure, I think maybe somebody touched on this last week, but when was the last time that a motion submitted by a group carried at world level? Just curious, guys. Yeah, I don't think we have that answer. <laughs> Has it ever happened, Phil? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, my my sponsor, my sponsor's home group sent a um. The motion started up at the home group, and it went. He, he, the home group got the area behind it, and and it did go to world, and that's why we have that uh, green reading. We do recover, but that started at, at the old Braddock uh, meeting to put that reading into play. Okay. So, so in order for the past, it has to be basically 
the region has to support it because the motion at world has to come from the region. It did, but it started yeah. the home group. Right. Went, went to the area and then the area got behind it and then they forwarded. I know. I think Lisa's question is difficult to answer because regions are the ones that submit the motions, but so we wouldn't know if that particular motion came from a specific group, if that makes sense. Because once you get to the conference, all we know is that this uh -oh. region is submitting the motion. Well, well, now you know where the We Do Recover reading came from. I like okay. it. <laughs> so, how, so how long ago, how long ago was that, Phil? Uh, you can just, you'll have to get on. Uh, I'll say that was probably like 1998. David's counting on his fingers. Something mm -hmm. like. Hey, it, thanks. We and, started and, and also a fun fact in 2018, we, a regional motion did pass on the floor of world service conference about the women's literature. So that did, that did pass. Yeah. Um, yeah, just an FYI. So it hasn't been like ever and ever, but it is. It is, you know, it's a lot of ideas. So, and um, yeah. So there it's just hard to determine at, you know, once you're at the conference where the original, where the motion originated, because when it's submitted at the conference to the conference, it came from a region. So, yeah. you know, it, so it's then for me to say, hey, what area or group submitted this to the region to they, make they, the region. Uh, yeah. You, you yeah. would have seen that from from uh, tri-state region, the motion. But it actually it started a home group. It went to the area, then the area to the region, and then the region got behind it. Okay. Thank yeah. you for that history lesson. That's cool. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Thanks so much for that. And uh, we're gonna wrap it up in just a minute, but we're gonna hear from Will. Take it away, my friend. Oh, Will Addicts. Yeah, that was a great question. That was women's women's lit. Was the last one passed? Where's how's that doing? Okay. Anyway, um I had a quick question, I guess, for the, the older folk in here too. I'm I'm I had to look at my phone. I'm not a millennial or Gen X. I was born in 80, so I'm right in between. So I think I get to latch on to either one if I want to, uh, for whatever purposes. But so one of my uh I am not happy COVID happened, but one of the interesting things that happened with COVID is, was uh, in service, being able to navigate things that we had never seen before um, for the first time. Cause all of the old timers would always tell me, oh, you weren't here when we had to figure all this stuff out. And you know, told me all these cool stories about meeting up at literature conferences and things and getting all this neat stuff done. Um, and I love Melissa talked about like the creative process that comes with service. And I, um, for whatever reason, I use comparisons in my head to make it make sense so like um creative like painting I feel like by the time I got to service it was like paint by number like all the lines were already drawn and it was just sit in the chair and do what we tell you um so to like get into the part where like we were starting to find new ways to carry the message and they, I, that was super exciting um was a really neat time um I don't know but like it may uh I, I believe that has a an effect on why uh, we don't have so many people showing up for service at different levels either is because it's it doesn't feel very creative anymore it's uh very policy driven here's what you have to do this month here's what you have to do this month here's what you have to do this month make sure it gets done pass it on to the next person um so that's all i got 
Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for uh, being here tonight. Um, appreciate each one of you. And thanks for joining us today, everybody out there. We appreciate you and hope you keep coming back. What a joy to be part of your day. And thank you so much. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.